Need an extra hand with dinner? Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot, and Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology will fill it with the perfect amount of water. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to discover more. And you're on right now with Jim Dawes, broadcasting on the Mojo Five O Radio Network and bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story. Here to convince you the reality is usually scoffed at and conventional wisdom is usually just an illusion. We're airing live on iHeartRadio, available on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. Follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes. You can shoot me an email. The address is rightnowjimdaws at gmail.com. Or you can call the vent line and get something off your chest at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Well... Welcome to another week of America's continuing Marxist revolution. Uh, I know that a lot of people are upset. I know that uh, people are losing sleep. They can't believe what they're seeing on their TVs and what's going on in the streets. I want to encourage you <clears throat> to to be hopeful and to be uh, content uh, that this Marxist revolution that is that you're seeing play out in our streets is going to backfire. And it's going to backfire on the Democrats massively in 2020 uh, in November. And that's because uh, it, polling is, is even showing uh, that these movements, Antifa, defund the police, Black Lives Matter, do not enjoy um, majority support, nothing even close to it. This defund the police movement that uh, has got the Democrats hooked on the horns of a dilemma of their own, own making is wildly unpopular, and the more these uh, radical leftists in the streets continue uh, this defund the police and abolish the police movement, the worse and worse it is going to get for the Democrats. They're all hunkered down in the bunker. They're afraid to um, alienate or anger this leftist base that they have created. Um, I, I predict that before the elections, probably as early as this week, uh, you're going to have to have some uh, some national Democrats. I don't know if it's going to be Joe Biden. Uh, they're probably on the phone trying to get Bernie Sanders to carry the ball for him. They're going to have to uh, repudiate this notion because if they're seen as uh, you know supporting it, this is going to be a landslide election. We may not win California or New York, but uh, every place else. Uh, they will reject this, and uh, and Donald Trump will win a landslide reelection, and probably get a, a substantial number, uh, a st- substantial percentage of the black vote. And what you're seeing play out is this uh, tacit toleration, and you know we're we're told that uh, silence equals endorsement. So uh, what we're seeing is uh, this Antifa movement that's taken root. It follows the the trajectory very similar to what happened in Europe. Europe uh, mobilized to uh, condemn and root out 
um, by any means necessary, any element of a right wing resistance to the globalist agenda. And uh, at the same time, they gave the leftists and their shock troops at Antifa a free reign uh, to uh, to commit violence and civil unrest and uh, to incite riots. And that's happened in America, too. You remember that uh, the new FBI director, Richard Ray, uh, when he was asked about the Antifa movement, uh, he immediately shifted gears and started attacking so-called white supremacist organizations and uh, and others as if, you know, there's more than a, a handful of them. Um, you've seen on uh, the Internet and on social media that Antifa has a very high profile. They uh, they organize, they uh, recruit, and they um, agitate on Facebook and Twitter and have an ex- entirely free reign. And the government up until now has taken a hands-off approach. And the reason for this is because uh, conservatives and Republicans generally reject extremist white ring- wing groups. And so everybody can agree on that. The conservatives, uh, you know, repudiate the Klan and uh, and these, you know, small band of dead ender Nazis. And so there's no controversy when the government goes after them. But on the other side of the ledger, with Antifa, while the conservatives condemn them, the, uh, the leftists and the Democrats uh, defend them, sponsor them, Support them, fund them, go on the media, uh, on CNN and MSNBC and justify their violent attacks against peaceful people. And as I say, this is very similar to exactly what happened in Europe, most especially Germany, that, that went after right-wing uh, parties, conservative parties, really, with a vengeance and uh, turned a blind eye to Antifa. And now the AFD, which is a uh, a right-wing party, I guess by European standards, what they really want to do is uh, limit immigration and the cultural transformation of their nations. But they, uh, uh, this AFD party suffers more violent attacks than all other political parties in Germany combined. In 2019, mask assailants attacked... Um, an AFD politician named Frank Magnets from behind in an alley practicing, you know, typical Antifa tactics. They nearly killed him. In 2019, left-wing Antifa website, Indie Media, published assassination instructions for attacks on AFD members. So they're engaged in political violence that the German government has up until now, at least, Ignored. In March of this year, an AFD chair named Tino Trupella had to be hospitalized after his car was torched he, he, uh, and his home. He suffered smoke inhalation. And in May, three members of a conservative auto workers union. You won't hear that in America. Conservatives and union put in the same breath. But the the leader of that union was attacked by a mob. About 40 left-wing Antifa extremists attacked him on his way to an, when he was going to an anti-shutdown protest in Stuttgart. 
one of the men uh, with this group was shot point blank in the head with a tear gas gun, leaving him comatose and fighting for his life. So my point here is that Antifa is not a so-called domestic terror organization. They have roots in Europe um, going all the way back to the struggle between communism and Nazism. The communists had their Antifa and the Nazis had their brown shirts. But um, the, the, you've, you've already seen in the media the left um, mobilizing to try to defend Antifa and minimize their involvement in these, these riots. And Black Lives Matter is being openly embraced by big corporations across this country, uh, forgetting completely that it was the Black Lives Matter movement and Black Lives Matter agitators that were responsible for the assassination of over a dozen American police officers in the aftermath of the Ferguson riots. And now, and now we've got this big movement to defund the police. Uh, I think it was on Friday, uh, the mayor of Washington, D.C., Bowser, um, painted in giant letters on Pennsylvania Avenue in front of the White House, Black Lives Matter. Well, that wasn't enough for the left-wing agitators in the streets. They, uh, they started to pull it up. They stopped after they realized how much trouble it was, it was going to be. But uh, then they replaced it and amended it, I guess you would say, with a defund the police. <laughs> and uh as i say uh you know the democrats what they've done is they've created a monster that is going to eat their party about 82 percent of americans think that defunding the police is a lunatic idea and that includes 67 percent of blacks and we saw in a uh, a poll last week by uh, one of the major polling organizations that slips my memory right now but that Donald Trump enjoys over 40% popularity among black voters. I've said it again and again, this defund the police is going to alienate everybody in, in, uh, in large majorities. And I pointed out before that, you know, I was a, a firefighter in Atlanta for 30 years. I've been part of these, uh, these riots. I've been pelted with, uh, rocks and bricks and, uh, a brick never hit me, but I have, have been hit by rocks. And uh, we've had our uh, fire trucks attacked and our hoses cut and our pump operators attacked. But during my 30 years with the Atlanta Police Department, I attended literally hundreds of MPU meetings, the very basic form of government or the element of government in Atlanta is neighborhood planning units. And these are meetings where uh, city departments, including most especially police and fire, would brief uh, the neighborhoods and get input from them. And during, and when I was a, a battalion chief toward the uh, end of my career, I would literally attend four or five of these meetings every every month. I don't know how many. It, it probably it probably is over a thousand meetings I've attended. Never once during all of those thirty years and those. Hundreds and hundreds of MPU meetings. Did I ever, not once, hear a complaint from the neighborhoods of too many police officers in their neighborhoods or of police being overly aggressive with these criminal elements? 
quite to the contrary, the people, most especially in the black neighborhoods, were constantly beating the drum, asking for more police in their neighborhoods. They wanted them to be more aggressive, not less aggressive against these criminal elements. These are the same elements that you see on TV during these riots, looting, assaulting, committing arsons. They were in these, these good black folk neighborhood. They're dealing drugs on the corner, recruiting their children, committing assaults on people, murders, breaking into their homes. They couldn't leave their homes. Their uh, houses were all had bars on the windows, making it impossible to have a, uh, a normal life and driving the property values down to nearly nothing, making it impossible to raise a family. These black people in these communities had to deal with these elements all the time. They begged the city to hire more cops. They wanted them their cops to be paid better so that they could compete with surrounding jurisdictions. So these activists that you're seeing on TV calling to defund or abolish police departments, they don't they don't represent any significant constituents. They're, by and large, just pseudo-Marxist revolutionaries. Most of these white kids, in fact, are from privileged, if I may use that word, privileged upbringings. But white and black have grown up with the freest, most prosperous nation in the history of the world with overwhelming opportunity. But we've allowed this Marxist ideology to take root in our educational system and has absolutely turned a whole generation, at least maybe two generations, against America. And they've been taught that their highest um, calling is to be a social justice warrior and to be a protester, despite the fact that there's very little to actual actually protest, and that's that's why George Soros is funding this Black Lives Matter movement because they are the ones that come up with the rationale. They're, they're massive lies, poisonous lies that are being told. But they're they're the ones that are, uh, you know, beating the drum for uh, police brutality. When in fact, there will never be, uh, you know, perfect policing. There will, always has been and will always be. Police brutality at this point in history, it is probably the lowest than it's ever been. We got to come out. We got to run out to a break. When we come back, we'll take a, a look at some of these protests going on across the nation. Stick with us. Mojo. You hear the headlines. You know health insurance is a real mess right now. Premiums have skyrocketed, and in most cases, you're stuck with your plan until open enrollment. But there's a government rule that allows you to qualify for lower health insurance rates if your life has changed. That means if you've changed jobs, if you're having a child, if you're getting married, if you're getting divorced, even if you run a small business or you're self-employed, this law may qualify you to get lower health insurance rates. Call the 
health insurance hotline today. Learn how this 10-minute call can help you get lower health insurance rates. This is a free service to help consumers learn the laws to help them qualify for lower health insurance rates. So call right now to learn more. 800-605-1679. That's 800-605-1679. Paid for by GoHealth. Mojo. So if you get your news from the mainstream media, you would have thought that the the riots and the uh, looting and the arsons had diminished over the weekend. I guess they have diminished to a certain degree, but they certainly have not stopped. But you wouldn't know that watching the mainstream media. There's been basically a news blackout put on anything that uh, that could expose that these aren't peaceful protests. These are um, violent riots uh, being um, infiltrating, you know, these these so-called peaceful protests in order to loot and uh, and pillage. And over the weekend, well, the one the one place that it, it actually has diminished greatly, almost to the point of zero, is in Washington D.C. That's the one uh, city in this nation that Donald Trump had uh, had control over. He uh, he mobilized a massive force of federal law enforcement, including um, D.C. National Guard units, on the streets of Washington D.C. to protect monuments. And uh, and in the looting and arsons, and it was very effective. This gave space to the uh, to the agitators to uh, to you know continue on with their protests and paint defund the police on the street in front of the White House. And I've got a clip here. This is of uh, an Antifa Black Lives Matter agitator doing a call and response. Uh, to the uh, to the crowds on 16th Street, just adjacent to the White House. Y'all see these letters on the street? It says Black Lives Matter. So we're not sure that Black Lives Matter here in D.C. So what's up, to Repeat after me. So now after the, uh, you know, the spate of school shootings that we've seen, they've decided that they're going to expel armed police from their schools. <laughs> Before it was, there's not enough cops in the schools. Now there's too many cops in the schools. And of course, the reason there's a, uh, a, a big law enforcement budget in DC is because DC neighborhoods are beset with crime and every year, Neighborhood activists are down there at City Hall demanding that they increase the police budget and uh, increase policing 
in those neighborhoods. There was a, uh, a one of these social justice warriors, her last name is Bender, appearing on CNN with Anna, um, Allison Camerata. And uh, she called any uh, any notion that the police are there to keep order, that you can call them during the crime. Well, I'll just let you listen to the clip yourself. We have a state action against our police department, which gives us legal mechanisms in the very short term. You know, there are lessons from all over the country, all over the world that we're looking to um, to take immediate steps while we work toward building the systems that we would need to imagine that that future. She's talking about she's going to sue the snot out of uh, police departments. Uh, It's a very lucrative business. They uh, they get huge settlements uh, from these cities uh, because of this mythology that they've created and that money is usually taken directly out of the law enforcement and uh, public safety budget including the fire department those uh, those police officers take pay cuts they have their pay frozen they uh, they get fed up and they uh, they uh, move to uh, other departments that uh, appreciate their services more it's uh it's a a purposeful strategy to uh, to weaken and cripple police departments but this is the good part of the clip do you understand that the word dismantle or police free also makes some people nervous? For instance, what if in the middle of the night my home is broken into? Who do I call? Yes, I mean, I, I hear that loud and clear from a lot of my neighbors. And I know, and, and myself too, and I know that that comes from a place of privilege because for those of us for whom the system is working, I think we need to step back and imagine what it would feel like to already live in that reality where calling the police may mean more harm is done. And so, (laughs) so she says it's white privilege to expect a law enforcement to respond when you call them uh, being a victim of a violent crime or a (laughs) break-in. These are the same people. Remember that want to uh, take away your second amendment rights. So they don't want you to be able to defend yourself and they don't want the police to be able to defend you either. And I mentioned early on that this is all being funded by these uh, this interlocking network of nonprofit front groups run by George Soros and other left-wing, deep-pocketed billionaires who make a lot of money off of sowing discord. By uh, they create volatility and then they uh, they speculate on currency values. Matt Getz points a little bit of that out. Executive director of an entity called Demand Justice. And Brian Fallon tweets out, quite simply, defund the police. And so I start to think to myself, like, who is this guy? What is this Demand Justice organization? And what role does it have in, in the Democratic Party? And there is a, there is a, a great piece in influencewatch.org. I'll post it up on, on our uh, Twitter page when we get the podcast posted. And demandjustice.org is, is characterized by Influence Watch as a liberal dark money organization. And they brag that they've been given $2.5 million by George Soros. Now, George Soros is typically like a political windsock for where the left is going to go because he throws in the money 
and then the politicians and policymakers and aspiring politicians and a lot of these outside shadowy dark money groups then gravitate to that Soros message and that's how they're trying to reshape our society not as a society built on capitalism and freedom but one where the government essentially controls us and and we have anarchy and chaos that is that is ultimately the um the goal of you know, the president has announced that he's going to declare Antifa a, a terrorist organization. He used the word, unfortunately, domestic terror organization. There is no law uh, covering domestic terror organizations. That's handled as a law enforcement issue, although you couldn't tell that to the KKK. But, in fact, Antifa is an international terrorist organization. And by funding these groups, George Soros is... Breaking the law, the same law that we have used against the uh, sources of uh, funding for Al-Qaeda and ISIS. Soros and these other people that are feeding the Black Lives Matter movement and Antifa are engaged in the same sort of activity. And it's designed to do the same thing that uh, international terrorism does, to destabilize and ultimately overturn the existing government. we got to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be right back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Whether you have your own bathroom or you share one with your family, a little extra help keeping the bathroom sink, counter, and mirror clean goes a long way. And Viva Paper Towels are for the long haul. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. And they clean like cloth, helping you keep the surfaces in your bathroom dry and fingerprint and toothpaste free. For an exceptional bathroom clean, there's Viva Paper Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more. Between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow, sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to see how voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Well, I want to talk a little bit more about this defund the police movement. Uh, I've, I've pointed out repeatedly that uh, it will be the black community that will be hurt worst uh, if, they, uh, if they start defunding, reducing size, or abolishing police departments. It's hard to believe that uh, you know the Democrat Party has allowed itself to be drugged down this road, but uh, there it is. Has anybody heard any national Democrat repudiate this? <laughs> Even the far left wing mayor of Minneapolis, uh, Fry, uh, he he attended a, a Black Lives Matter sit in and uh, and they wanted him to commit to defunding the police. And he said, well, maybe that wouldn't be such a good idea. And they shouted him down and uh, banished him from the rally. He had a a run away in his little capri pants with his tail between his legs. (laughs) The 
absolute abject uh, sublimation of these leftists before these radical groups is uh, is hilarious to watch. But there was a, a commentator named Anton Toker, Tucker um, who who weighed in and said, uh, just a second on this whole defund the police movement. Would understand something, okay? You are letting the Illuminati New World Order deep state win. If you think it was citizens that came up with the idea of defunding the precincts in the police department, you're an idiot. And instead of these people telling you, let's get national legislation to retrain these officers to make sure that they not only know the rules of engagement, but they also know the Constitution. They're telling you to defund the police departments. It's dumb as f***. We know officers do dumb s***. We know that. But we know that there are tons of good officers that do a lot of good as well. You quick to tell the police they work for you, you pay their salary, but then you're going outside and you're destroying the same f***ing police cars that you f***ing pay for and the same f***ing buildings that you pay for and had built. You jackasses. And the only thing that's going to happen from defunding the police force is that blacks and brown people and other poor folks in these poor communities won't have police departments to help them when crime arises because crime will f***ing rise. Rapes and murders will occur because there won't be enough officers to help prevent crime from happening. You know what would happen? Uh, every one of those police officers that uh, would be uh, let go in these Democrat cities, they would all find jobs and they would find better jobs with uh, communities that support them because these uh, Democrat hell holes across this country would, uh, would fall apart almost overnight. It would be within 24 hours that you would uh, see the same kind of lawlessness that we're seeing right now. That's what caused this lawlessness is because the police created a void where it could take place. And so these cops would, uh, would just end up uh, being hired on as these uh, suburban departments surrounding these lawless cities would have to increase their police department to keep that lawlessness from uh, invading their cities. Every one of these cops would find another job. The, the competition to hire cops across this country is steep because uh, largely, uh, you know, black lives matter has made the job almost impossible to do with this, this lie about uh, police brutality, this whole lie that black lives matters is based on that. There is somehow a, um, an epidemic of police violence that affects blacks. We've shown again and again that, uh, um, a white suspect armed or unarmed is about 25% more likely to be shot and killed uh, by a police officer than a black suspect. And by the way, that you are far more likely to be uh, shot and killed by a black or Hispanic police officer than you are by a white police officer. Have you heard Joe Biden say anything against this crazy movement? No, he's, he's hunkered down in his basement trying to figure out how he's going to uh, square the circle. But Rudy Giuliani was appearing on, uh, on, with, uh, on Fox, and uh, he, uh, he had a little bit to say about it. Efforts to defund the police go anywhere, do you believe? If they do, the, the major uh, victims are going to be African-Americans. Look, 70% to 75% of the homicides in New York City, the victims are African-American, and the perpetrators are African-American. When I reduced crime by 70% and Bloomberg together 80%, the people we saved were African-Americans. I mean, seven out of 10 times, they're the victim of murder. 
in New York City. Only one out of 10 times, it's a white. So if you reduce murder by 50%, almost all of the beneficiaries of that are in the African-American community. And uh, aside from the political hucksters, if you go into an African-American community, you talk to real people. Every time I did, they wanted more police. I used to get more pressure for more police in Harlem and Bedford-Stuyvesant than I did on Park Avenue. And unlike my predecessors, I put a lot more police in Harlem, and I made it safe. None of my predecessors could do that. And the police did that. And they did it because they really care and they're really good. And this separation that the Democrats are creating with the police is tragic. It's cutting off the only thing that is going to reduce the greatest a reason why, unfortunately, black men die. Mm. That is, get killed by other black men. That's- so, you know, it's, it's sad to watch what's going on in New York City uh, as the city is being torn down under the leadership of the Marxist mayor there. All of the good work that uh, Rudy Giuliani started turning the city around and was continued by the uh, mini Mike Bloomberg has now been lost. The city is going to be hemorrhaging uh, population and businesses at a massive rate. First, it was the coronavirus, and now it is these uh, these riots and looting that uh, that uh, Bill De Blasio has has basically just turned a blind eye to while he's been on TV day after day attacking the police officers. And where is Joe Biden on this? Well, Joe Biden has uh, weighed in with a a powerful statement uh, that. <laughs> that is uh, right in keeping with uh, other of Joe Biden's powerful statements. I look forward to introducing. I would have already done it had not had, had uh, we had not had the death. George had not been held up against that curb. I would plan to introduce it earlier, but I'll be introducing it very quickly. <laughs> He's going to introduce legislation very quickly. If he after he goes back to his basement and gets a nap, what's really funny about that clip is there's a, a frame in the corner with one of these sign language interpreters, uh, and about halfway through that little statement there, she just gives up and uh, puts her hands in front of her. So one of the big lies that the media have been uh, pumping, and it's amazing. You know what's the statement? A, a lie can travel around the world while the truth is uh, still trying to put its shoes on. Uh, that Their lie is that uh, police use tear gas and rubber bullets on the protesters in Lafayette Park in order for Donald Trump to be able to walk across the street and get a photo op in front of the recently arson church across the street. It was all a lie. Um, those protesters in Lafayette Park had been given hours of warning that the New 7 p.m. curfew in Washington, D.C. was going to be strictly enforced, and they refused to, uh, to disband. And, um, and they did not, by the way, know that Donald Trump was going to, uh, to visit after the curfew, visit the, uh, the church. But they didn't use any tear gas. They didn't use any rubber bullets. They used smoke grenades and, uh, and pepper balls fi- fired from uh, paint, paint gun um, units. And so Bill Barr was on uh, Face the Nation this week, and uh, he was asked about um, 
First, he was asked about, you know, whether or not he supports uh, this movement. And second, he was asked about whether or not uh, uh, invoking the Insurrection Act was a good idea. is the toughest job in the country and i and i frankly think that we have generally uh, the vast overwhelming majority of police are good people they're civic-minded people who believe in serving the public they do so bravely they do so righteously but the bad cops oh well let's don't talk about them let's talk about the bad cops notice how she she just goes right over she's not at all interested in the 99 percent of cops that conduct themselves in accordance with the law and are out there risking their lives in order to protect the public. Let's talk about the bad cops. Bravely, they do so righteously. But and the bad cops. I, th- I think that there are instances of bad cops, and I think we have to be careful about automatically assuming that the actions of an individual necessarily mean that their organization is rotten. All, organ- you know, police- All organizations have rotten apples. If the standard that they want is going to be there can never be uh, any police misconduct, then that is just a recipe for continued uh, riots and um, and undermining law and order. So uh, then she goes on to ask uh, Bill Barr about this other mythology that they've put forward that uh, that Donald Trump considering invoking the Insurrection Act is somehow an anomaly that it hasn't happened in the history of our country. And you had all of these military generals, members of the deep state, all came out to condemn him. And it was called unprecedented, despite the fact that presidents throughout our history have invoked the Insurrection Act repeatedly. As a matter of fact, Barack Obama um, is is an outlier when it comes to invoking the Insur- Insurrection Act because, you know, he had massive riots across the country and refused to invoke it. George W. Bush invoked the Insur- Insurrection Act uh, to, in response to the Los Angeles riots and uh, many other presidents, including uh, Democrat idols like JFK and, uh, and um, Roosevelt, invoked the Insurrection Act and deployed troops in order to restore order and uh, uphold the rule of law. Here's Barr being asked about that on Faith the Nation. I think our position was common, uh, which was that they should only be deployed if as a last resort uh, and that we didn't think we would need them. I think everyone was on the same page. Do you think that the president has the authority to unilaterally send in active duty troops? If the now this is a, a major moder- a moderator on a major Sunday news show, she doesn't know whether or not the president has the authority to invoke the Insurrection Act. Governors oppose it. Oh, absolutely! The under the uh, Anti-Insurrection Act, uh, the, the the president can use regular troops uh, to suppress rioting. The Confederate, the Confederacy in our country opposed the use of federal troops to restore order and suppress an insurrection. So the federal government sometimes doesn't listen to governors in circumstances. <laughs> the last time that this has happened was the L.A. riots in 1992 when the governor of California asked for active duty troops. That's You're right. saying your understanding and the law as you 
interpret it and would support is that the president has the ability to put active duty troops on American streets, even if governors object. Oh, my God, especially when governors object. That's the whole point of insurrection. As a matter of fact, uh, the Insurrection Act ought to have been invoked in response to these sanctuary cities that have multiplied across our countries where uh, local and state governments have have purposefully uh, rejected federal law in order to allow huge colonies of uh, people in the country illegally uh, to be established. Back to this clip. It's happened numerous times, and the answer to that is yes. You would support that? Well, it depends on the circumstances. I was involved in the L.A. riots and the Rodney King matter. We tried to use uh, non-military forces. I sent 2,000 federal law enforcement officers out there in one day, uh, but it was overwhelming, uh, and the National Guard couldn't handle it. And uh, Governor uh, Pete Wilson uh, asked for federal troops. And he asked for it, though? Yes. That's a key distinction. Or he, he approved the use of federal troops, but those troops were on standby as well. Because I think a number of people would be surprised to hear, and it's been reported that you opposed sending in active duty troops on principle. You're saying you would support it. As a last resort. What is the last resort? To restore law and order in, in, an, in a situation that is out of control and where life and property is endangered. And that's been done since the earliest days of the Republic. General Washington, the president, led the army into the field to suppress rebellion in uh, uh, an insurrection in Pennsylvania in the very first term of his administration. So it's been done periodically. Uh, When I was AG last time, we did it twice. We did it in the Virgin Islands. The governor opposed us at that point, but there was a complete breakdown of law and order. Lives were in danger, and we sent in 82nd Airborne Military Police along with U.S. Marshals and FBI agents. And then subsequently, uh, we did it in... uh, California. I would also point out it was done during the civil rights era mm-hmm. in places like Selma, Alabama, and other places to integrate schools. The governors stood in the doorway. The governors did not approve the use of federal troops to enforce civil rights in the South. So the level of ignorance in our su- supposed intellectual class is pretty breathtaking. I mean, she's on there on Face the Nation actually questioning whether or not the president has the authority to invoke the Insurrection Act. So, well, we're going to run out to a break, and then we'll, when we come back, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll catch up on the Orwellian developments of this left-wing shift. They're silencing their own House media organs right after this message. Stick with us. Mojo. Attention homeowners that have ever had a broken appliance. (laughs) That's a joke, right? We've all had broken appliances. I own a home just like you and have found a way for as little as a dollar a day to have all the major appliances in my home on a warranty plan. They're guaranteed to be fixed or replaced. You know how expensive an air conditioner, a heating system, a washing machine, dryer, water heater, or refrigerator can be. For about a dollar a day, all your major appliances are protected in case they break. Unless you're uh, Daddy Warbucks or the Monopoly guy and you don't care about money, call my friends at the Home Service Club now and get a warranty on your major appliances. It's a free call 
and the first month is free. But be one of the first 25 people to call within the next 10 minutes. 800-255-4940. That's 800-255-4940. Mojo. So one of the most bewildering developments in this whole riots is the same people who were lecturing us ad nauseum for months that we have to stay indoors and lock down. Otherwise, we're going to kill grandma and that uh, any protests against these shutdowns were uh, terrorism and white supremacy. Those very same talking heads are now telling us, well, uh, in this current case, well, they're they're protesting something with that we agree with. And so we're all for it. The same people that told you that you had to, uh, you know, lock down your business and lose your job. And if you didn't like it, you were uh, a domestic terrorist are now all on board with these mass protests and these riots. And nowhere has there been a, a more stark, example of their hypocrisy than these uh, 1200 health professionals who have now signed a letter saying they approve of the protests out in the streets. Coronavirus be damned. They say it's vital to the national public health. So apparently, uh, you know, uh, bad police are a greater threat to, uh, to America than the, uh, the, the Wuhan virus. Now they added in this letter, by the way, that uh, protesting the lockdown or well, that, that still is dangerous and has to be opposed because it get ready for it is rooted in white nationalism. <laughs> According to the letter, white supremacy is a lethal public health issue that predates and contributes to COVID-19. As public health advocates, the letter states, we do not condemn these gatherings as risky for COVID-19 transmission, talking about the riots and the protest. We support them as vital to the national public health and to the threatened health specifically of black people in the United States. We can show that support by facilitating safest practices protesting without detracting from the demonstrators. But then they go on. This is this is the the real meat of it. This should not be confused with a permissive stance on all gatherings, particularly protests against stay-at-home orders that are rooted in white nationalism. These actions not only oppose public health interventions, but are rooted in white nationalism and run contrary to respect for black lives. You know, sometimes... The only thing you can conclude is that people have lost their damn minds. And another example of their losing their, their minds was when, you know, early on in the Wuhan virus crisis, it was shown that uh, hydroxychloroquine and the azithromycin might be effective in uh, one, preventing the virus and two, effectively treating it in its early stages. As soon as Donald Trump said that, 
the entire media class, including over there at Fox News, spun on their heels and decided that hydroxychloroquine was deadly dangerous, despite the fact of being around since 1940 and administered to millions and millions of people. You couldn't, that, that couldn't be the solution because Donald Trump supports it. And right on cue, the Lancet, uh, a medical journal uh, in the United Kingdom, highly respected, published a, uh, a study saying that uh, hydroxychloroquine's bad. It can kill you. Here's a montage coming from the fake news media trumpeting this article in The Lancet. The largest study to date of its kind shows that hydroxychloroquine does more bad than good for coronavirus patients. In the study of 96,000 hospitalized coronavirus patients on six continents found that those who received that drug promoted by Donald Trump as a, quote, game changer in the fight against the virus had a significantly higher risk of death. Taking hydro, um, hydroxychloroquine, despite mounting evidence that it doesn't work against COVID-19 and could in fact be harmful. Mr. Trump said his hydroxychloroquine treatment would likely end today. The same day, a leading medical journal, The Lancet, warned not only does the drug not offer benefits, it could cause harm. That moved on from absurd and sort of insane to potentially to a potentially deadly threat today when The Lancet published the results of a new study. But a new study published in the medical journal The Lancet today says the drug did not help hospitalize coronavirus patients. Instead, that study says it made them more likely to die. Well, guess what? You probably already know it. The Lancet study turned out to be junk science, fake science. And it has now been withdrawn because its uh, methodology cannot be confirmed. The people that uh, ginned up the data behind it are refusing to share it. You, you know, the, the standard in medicine is a peer-reviewed journal. You have to share your data so that people can weigh in and determine whether it's legitimate. Here's a clip. I think it's from the BBC uh, about uh, this withdrawal of the Lancet study. One of the world's leading medical journals, Lancet, has retracted its study on the use of hydroxychloroquine for treating COVID-19. Now remember, this is the same study that prompted the World Health Organization to halt all clinical trials of HCQ. The article published in Lancet last month concluded that HCQ increased the risk of mortality among COVID-19 patients. Three of the four authors have decided to retract the article, citing concerns over the authenticity and quality of the data used. The fourth author, Sapan Desai, is the chief of the U.S.-based company that provided data for the study. Desai has declined to comment on the ongoing controversy. Sergisphere, the company that collected the data, declined to transfer the data set to Lancet for an independent audit. Now, without the data set, it is impossible to scrutinize the study. This well, first of all, the study should have never been published before it was peer-reviewed. And now, you know... Uh, <laughs> They're firing editors of the New York Times and, and, Phil, and the Philadelphia Ledger, I think it is, uh, because they're not sufficiently woke. Why not fire these editors at The Lancet that allowed this political hit job to be published in their paper? There's two things going on here, in my opinion. One, they want this coronavirus to rage on because they think it helps them politically. And two, 
there are billions and billions of of dollars to be made if hydroxychloroquine and zithromycin are not effective because they've come up with these patented drugs that are costing a thousand dollars a pill and may only be administered in a hospital while hydroxychloroquine is, you know, like 40 cents or 50 cents a pill and off patent. And so you don't know exactly what's driving it, but a large part of it is just Trump derangement syndrome. So I mentioned back there that the, uh, the, the, Media is uh, is melting down entirely. The New York Times editor that uh, greenlighted a, an op-ed for uh, Tom Cotton calling for the imposition of the Insurrection Act has now been fired. <laughs> the the same um, censorship that we have seen in universities across this nation, not allowing anybody with a dissenting point of view from the left-wing orthodoxy to speak has now taken root in the newsrooms at the New York Times and uh, the, the big flagship paper in Philadelphia. The Philadelphia editor um, had the, the bad uh, judgment of saying that uh, buildings matter too. Well, no, buildings matter. No, white lives don't matter. Not to the social justice warriors, only black lives matter. And if you say anything other than repeat that mantra that, uh, that relig- with religious fervor, then you must be banished. And in true Orwellian fashion now, they have, they have fired editors of opinion pages for publishing opinions that don't fit with the leftist agenda. I've also noticed that, um, if you go on the internet and you read uh, certain articles from from uh, conservative sites, you could even call them right wing sites. Um, the, the 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 tech titans have come up with a strategy of blocking their links. So if they want to link to a a video on uh, YouTube or somewhere else on the internet, they are being blocked so that they can't link to it and comment on it and expose the lies and lunacy behind it. And I've said for a while, this is, this is why the Drudge Report has gone all in leftist. At, at the bottom, the Drudge Report is all about making money. And they know that if, uh, if they you know, continue to support Trump or continue to push back against this left-wing agenda, that their reach is going to be limited on the Internet. And that's the last thing they want. And so... Uh, An economic decision has been made over there that we're going to go to the left because that is the future of the Internet. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition of Right Now. I want to thank you for joining us, and I hope you'll come back here again tomorrow right here on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. We'll talk to you then. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details.
This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details.